welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about something a little different. We talk about the portal quite a bit on this podcast, and I am sure that as teachers, your coaches also recommend accessing all the information on there. It really is a great resource with a mountain of videos, documents, and other things to help inform and guide your teaching. With so much content having been created in the few short years since its release, a problem arises. Just like if you own a lot of stuff, it can be hard to remember how much you have and where it all is. The portal is similar. There is so much that you might have forgotten some of it even existed, if you knew it existed in the first place. In this episode, I will talk about a few of those underrated and undervalued resources, all which can be found in the digital content section. For this, I reached out to some friends of the show for their opinions on this as well. So get ready for some crowdsourced set of resources, what they are and where you can find them. Let's get started. Number one, Guide to Grapeseed's Question Design. This is labeled as GS Questions Design and can be found in the General tab. As coaches, we probably get the most questions about questions themselves. What do I do if my students can't answer? What if the questions are too easy? What if they don't answer correctly? Why do we ask this particular question? Questions like these come up often and to help with understanding, this document is available to read on the portal. In the most recent This and That with Miklos about the language arts elements in our program, he talked about the end goal of writers not to be a completed and perfectly correct series of worksheets, but rather the act and the process of writing with confidence and solidifying knowledge is the main objective. In short, it is not a pass or fail test. It is more about the process of writing than what is on the page. Grapeseed question design is similar, and this document starts off by talking a lot about that. The big objective is getting students to think in English and practice speaking using the language they know, not necessarily to get an answer perfectly correct. This is a valuable thing to remember and something I know I have been guilty of when I taught. I am typically a very results-driven person, but for question time, the value is in the process of students listening, forming their own response, and having the confidence and desire to communicate it. Of course, we would ideally want them to say whatever they are saying correctly, but if they don't, it doesn't mean they have failed or you have failed as their teacher. Like always, model, recast, or support them however you can, and you'll ask another question later in the lesson or the next time. This resource also goes into some language acquisition theory, really getting into the different stages that English learners interact with a language, like the receptive, productive, and interactive stages, as well as an explanation of Bloom's taxonomy and how it applies to grapeseed. Naturally, concepts like the affective filter and the spiral curriculum are brought up too. It ends with the frequently asked questions section with some of the questions I brought up earlier, like what to do if questions seem too easy or hard. This is a great resource for everyone, but I would say especially so for teachers who have been teaching for a few months and now have the basics and flow of teaching grapeseed down. That is a perfect time to step back into the theory of grapeseed and then applying that whole philosophy to your classes. It can also be helpful for many-year veterans to remind themselves of what grapeseed is at its core because we can all fall into the trap of slowly moving away from the core philosophy over time. Number two, addressing classroom management labeled Classroom Management Guide and can be found in the General tab. Besides questions about questions, coaches probably are asked about classroom management the most. How can I get students to listen? What should my rules and expectations be? Why can't they just sit still? 
I'm not sure anyone in the history of man has ever found a reliable solution to that last one. Any discussions about classroom management should primarily start between teachers and their school. Traveling around to many grapeseed classrooms around the world, I've seen many different school rules and philosophies over a broad spectrum of lenient district, so any management decisions a grapeseed teacher makes first need to align to their school. If they are the same or similar, then the rules and expectations of the grapeseed classroom are easily understood and can be followed very early. That being said, Grapeseed does provide guidance for effective classroom management. Your coaches are available. Podcast 41 that we did way back on it is one of our most listened to episodes, and there are a couple great videos, one on the basics in Grapeseed Essentials and another more advanced video in the Master Teacher series. There is also a very helpful document available on the portal, however, with a ton of ideas and things to consider for a teacher starting out or even a veteran teacher who is just fresh out of tricks. The Addressing Classroom Management document talks about how important it is to be proactive with your management strategies. It also details many effective ways to start the class well and also how you can build solid relationships with your students. Most importantly, the last page contains a lot of helpful advice for school managers on how they can help teachers be more successful. If you are having a hard time talking with your school management or are not sure how to start a dialogue, using this page and talking about it can get the ball rolling. Give it a shot. Number three, Grapeseed Teacher Reflection Guide. This is labeled with the same name under your country tab, Japan for Japan, Korea for Korea, and so on. Grapeseed coaches primarily exist to help assist each teacher and help them improve. They're quick to respond to emails and are always willing to watch videos sent in to help give specific directed feedback. In each session, you can come away with new things to try or a new perspective on an issue you are having in the classroom. However, you do not need to be completely reliant on your coach to improve and teach more effectively. We have talked on this podcast multiple times about taking a video of yourself and watching it to see what you can improve. But how can you know what to prioritize or in what direction you should move? The Grapeseed Teacher Reflection Guide can be very effective here. Even for someone with a lot of experience, there are points to think about in this resource that will help drive you to being a more effective teacher. On the left, you will find many different categories of teaching and multiple statements, where you should select the one that applies to you the most. As an example, the first category is teacher planning, with the prompts being not using the lesson plans, using the lesson plans as is, and finally, using the lesson plans along with other prepared questions or activities that align with the learning objectives while being mindful of pacing. On the right side of the page, you can write down specific examples of why you chose the prompt you did meaning this is an ideal thing to do right after you teach a lesson, or even better, while you are watching a recorded video of your lesson later. My favorite category that also served as an effective reminder for me was correcting and addressing errors. I thought just by always noticing them and then drawing attention to them while modeling and recasting, I was being as effective as I could be. But looking at this resource, that is only the second step of effectiveness. Ideally, I'm encouraging students to self-check and correct their own mistakes. This is more tricky, but it makes sense. When students are out in the real world, they won't always have you around to correct them when they try to communicate. You need to help build this ability in them so that they are able to communicate unassisted in the future. Number four, lesson preparation pages. These are located in the unit tab, then under the lesson planning tab after choosing your unit. 
Next up is something I had a small hand in creating, the lesson prep pages. Back in the old dark ages, teachers would have to get out the deck of vocabulary picture cards and split them up among all the components they were going to teach. Even after the lesson plans came out, you'd still need to check at the top of each lesson plan to see what vocab cards you needed for the day. With the lesson prep pages, this becomes easier, not only for vocab cards, but for other prep time activities as well. At the top of these prep pages, you can see any special things you need to prepare, like props. With so much detail in the lesson plans, it can be easy to overlook or forget a direction to use a prop. The pages will call your attention directly to anything that needs to be readied. Next, there will be some options for modifying transitions if your particular classroom or situation requires a change. Even if these also don't apply to you, they will at least give you examples on how you can do some constructive transitions. These pages also have well-thought-out recommendations for teachers to focus on language-wise in each specific lesson, as well as a reflection question for them to think about when they finish teaching for the day. Some examples include thinking about what worked and didn't work in your transitions of the day, reflecting on what was brand new for your students, and what you can change in your approach to encourage more speaking. All great stuff. Finally, the vocabulary card section. This section at the bottom will tell you if a vocab card you use for the day needs to be paired with another component in the next lesson. If not listed, you can know that the pairings don't need to be adjusted. For example, in Unit 10 Lesson 9, we have the Autumn card being moved from the Sun to Betty Bird. Just move the cards listed and you can leave everything else the way it is. Much easier than each day collecting all of the vocab cards and putting them back in order in the deck just to have to get them out and reorganize the next day. Number five, assembly support. These are located in the unit tab, then under the support material tab after choosing your unit. We will finish today with probably the least known about and used resource, the assembly support pages. Each of these start with specific instructions on how to teach assembly lessons effectively, whether you are not using pronunciation markings initially or you are later using them. Then it has the full list of words and sentences covered in the unit's assembly lessons all together for you to see including the pages for all the previous units as well. For example, the Unit 4 page has the instructions and the words for Unit 4. The Unit 10 page has the instructions, then all units 4 to 10. This will help remind you of what your students have done in the past to help guide your teaching in the present to be more effective. Definitely give these a look in your prep times for lessons where you will do assembly. That brings us to the end of the episode. If you have any other resource gems you would like to tell me about, send them in to millcarrier at grapeseed.com. As always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day. But now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.